Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. And this is an interesting headline. Could electric forks replace salt? Researchers at the University of Maine created a set of chopsticks that deliver an electric pulse every time they touch your tongue. They found that the electric chopsticks enhance the flavor of food without any salt. So if you use like an electric fork or electric chopsticks while you eat, it, it delivers the same sensation as if you're eating something with salt on it. So it like tricks your tongue. Tricks your tongue, exactly. Uh, by changing the frequency, they think they'll be able to make your, your tongue taste things more sour, more bitter, but salty is the one that they, uh, they have focused on right now, and they've found that, yes, the electric fork makes things taste like they are seasoned with salt, even when, there's, when they're not. Uh, I w- went into the garage yesterday, Jim, and I've actually I've made an electric fork. Okay, because I okay. You're wondering what that was over. Yeah, here. yeah, and I know you're not that handy. Well, I won the grade twelve construction technology <laughs> okay. award at St. Thomas Aquinas Secondary School. Okay. No big deal. Humble that's brag. That, that's what that is over there. Yeah, it's it's completely safe. It's just got a, a nine volt battery hooked up to it. I also have this blindfold here. I thought we could do a little test. Why don't you put on the blindfold? Okay. I've prepared two samples of filet mignon. The good stuff. Nice pieces of steak here. So I'm going to blindfold you. Let's tie that on there. Okay. Put that on. Can you see anything? No. We've got sample A and sample B. One of these pieces of steak is seasoned with salt. The other one you're going to taste using the electric fork. Let's go with A. This is sample A. Take a bite of that, Jim. Here, let me guide you and tell me how it tastes. Tastes like filet mignon. Pretty good. Pretty good. Normal. Okay, finish that up. I'm going to guess. That's A. Okay. And now let's get you to try sample B. Take a piece of this steak here. Okay. This one's sample B. Oh my god. Taz, that was delicious. That was amazing. Nice. I like the second one better. Which one do you think was the electric fork? And which one was the salt? I mean, they both tasted salty, but the second one was way saltier. It was delicious. You want to have some more? Uh Uh-huh. Go for it. (laughs) Electric forks could replace salt. What could go wrong? I've actually, I've seen this before, Jim. We posted this article on the FM96 Facebook fan page. It's about uh, these urinals that they've put on the street in Paris, right? Yes, they are eco-friendly, open-air urinals. So basically, it's like peeing into a compost box, 
there's a certain amount of chemistry going on there to make sure that, that it doesn't stink and then it biodegrades and all that stuff. But there are uh, silver and red boxes placed all around Paris, uh-huh. and they're for men to just saddle up and pee directly into. They stand there in front of these boxes. There's no screens or anything, because I, I saw in um, Amsterdam, I was there a while ago, and they have like little privacy walls. So if you're walking down the street near the canals, you can just kind of dip in behind the wall, and people can still see your feet. They know what you're doing in there. Uh-huh. But you well, pull a curtain? Well, it is a red light district, so maybe they don't 100% know what you're doing in there. No, no, it's like a like a metal wall you walk behind, and the urinal's behind there, so you can pee on the street. No big deal. But these ones, they don't even have the privacy wall. You just stand there. Not only do they not have a privacy wall, they you stand there, and then there's a giant sign where there's a photo of a guy peeing into the urinal. Look at this, Taz. So not only are you peeing into the giant sign points down, and there's a cartoon of a guy peeing as well. Yeah, there might as well be... <laughs> be a sign that says hey everybody look at this dude peeing yeah it's just i just find it funny because it's paris which is you know the city of romance the eiffel tower Mm. the louvre and then the outdoor urinals Mm. i've been to paris too it kind of smelled like pee yeah i've been i've been there and the subway and it did it did (laughs) so obviously they've got a bit of an issue that they're trying to resolve what are fm96 listeners saying in the comment section here yeah because we asked would you like to see these in london um, Caleb says, I like them. At least people won't be peeing all over alleys and whatnot. Parts of downtown reek like asparagus pee. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite specific there. Yeah, but there are certain spots that are the go-to pee for people downtown, you know. The pee alley next to uh, Eyes on Richmond there. <laughs> yes. You, you know, uh, near Central. I know exactly what you're talking about. They should put a little camera in there. If you want to deter yeah. people from peeing in that alley, put up a camera, have a live stream, <laughs> pardon the pun, and that way you'll shame people, or it might just cause more people to go and show off and yeah, they write want the their notoriety. names. <laughs> well, in Ireland, there was a viral video where a guy set up a sprinkler system that was had a motion sensor on it. <laughs> I know it has a sprinkler system, but like people would get Oh, so if a you bunch were sprinkling, of... you would get sprinkled on. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, That's a good idea. A little karma there. Uh, some more comments here. Bob says, we live in the 21st century. This is something they do in the 16th century. Where's your self-respect and respect for society in the town you live in? Disgusting. Pinch act, it. Period. Pinch it till you get home. Uh, Zachary says, so let me get this straight. Guys get to pee in the street, but we shame women for public breastfeeding? It's a good point. It is tech, but there's not that much shame, is there? What about women? This is kind of where are they going to pee on the street? Well, that's funny because in the article, which is from CNN, by the way, they're like, some people weren't upset about the act of peeing in public. They said it's sexist because women can't do it too. So they can, it's just going to be more difficult. (laughs) I think the big problem would be if, if these things came to London, Ontario, they look a lot like Canada Post mailboxes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, because they're Don't silver I? on the bo- bottom, red on the top, and th- there's like a mail slot in them, basically. Why does this letter smell like asparagus? <laughs> the Tash Show Podcast. Gateway Casino's London Blues Fest kicks off next Thursday night with the pride of Saskatoon headlining. Yes, the sheepdogs are coming back to town. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. And look at this, Jim. The uh, 
The Taz Show VIP hotline is ringing. Should we answer it? <laughs> of course. Good morning, FM 96. Howdy, this is Ewan from the Sheepdogs calling. Ewan, it's Taz and Jim. Good speaking with you. Hey, fellas. Where are you this morning, Ewan? I am uh, actually calling from a cottage somewhere in Ontario. Oh, undisclosed location. <laughs> That's right. Remote, uh, you know, get my Unabomber on. You, know? <laughs> you have a little downtime? Yeah, I do. I got a, a, I'm heading to Saskatoon this week, but uh, I'm I just coming to the end of this little, little, uh, little week alone, so it's been really nice. How's the tour been going? You guys have been going around playing, uh, I, I'm assuming, indoors and outdoors all summer long? Yeah, we just did a pretty... Pretty good little U.S. run that was real nice. Mostly, you know, clubs and stuff, and and then you know, Canadian dates outside, of course. But it's been it's really good. You guys getting a good reaction down in the states? We are, man. We even like played uh, some places we never played before, and, and had great responses. Like we played in in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we sold the the place out. So nice, it was pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty far down there. You know, it's it's tough with a uh, when you're along the border, like Erie, Pennsylvania. They get the FM ninety six signal there, so we hear a lot of yeah. bands say that. You know, if they can pick up the Canadian radio stations, we're okay. But for you to get all the way down to Raleigh and be selling out, yeah. Well, you you know, your Detroit's and Buffalo's, uh, you know, they're practically Canadian, so there's a lot of that kind of going on too. And but yeah, I think the it's really when you get down to where. You know, it, it's kind of cool because they don't know anything about you. They just basically like have found your music online somehow, and they're just they're, they're stoked. So it's pretty awesome. Well, I was in Missoula, Montana, at a craft brewery, and there was this guy who was doing a trip across the United States. He'd taken like his his gap year or whatever, and he said, "Hey, can you recommend any good Canadian bands for my road trip?" I said, "Dude." The Sheepdogs, look them up. You won't regret it. Beauty. That's our. Uh, that's kind of near our neck of the woods out there in Montana. How are you guys traveling nowadays? That's a, you know you, you kind of judge the level of success when you're in a band on uh, the vehicles that you use to get from gig to gig. Have you moved up from van to tour bus, or have you made it to airplane yet? Oh man, it, it depends on the gig. Uh, when we're in the states, you know we're still building it up, so we're in the van, van and trailer. When we're in uh, Canada doing a cross-country tour, we got a bus. And then, you know, when we're doing our summer gigs where we're hopping kind of around the place, and then, we're, then we're flying, although we're flying in domestic, so it's nothing too, nothing too fancy. You know? what's, the, what's the hierarchy like in the bus? How do you decide who gets uh, what space? Well, I think it usually goes in seniority. You know, we got three original members that have been in the band for the entire 14 years, so they get first crack, including myself. And you know, the, the, rookies, bus, so. the rookies have to share the bathroom. <laughs> That's right, you know, Jim's got to, you know, he's got to pick up my guitar and pack it up and carry it in after practice. No, we try to look after one another. There's no hazing going on. It's pretty, pretty chill. I would die a happy man if I could see the Sheepdogs roll up to a concert driving the Dumb and Dumber Sheepdog van with the floppy <laughs> oh, yeah. ears. I, I mean, it's been uh, it's been suggested many times over the years, and I I gotta say it's a good idea. It's a good look. When you guys are on the bus, because your costumes on stage or your wardrobe, I should say, on stage, you know, very vintage look. It's very unique. I love the stuff you wear on stage, but it doesn't look like it would be the most comfortable for traveling around. Do you guys like switch into sweatpants when you're traveling, or is it always like the tight jeans and the cowboy shirts? It's kind of true. We do wear that off stage as well. A lot of it. I mean, I. I've kind of taken to wearing even more ostentatious stuff on stage recently. Like I've been getting these, 
custom rhinestone studded suits made down in California. This guy makes for me and Jim, and I don't wear those off stage because it's like kind of hard to chill when you're wearing rhinestone and crusted <laughs> pants. But uh, I typically do wear the tight Levi's, and uh, you know I, I'm not. Uh, I will wear sweatpants on the tour bus and stuff like that. But if you see me in the in the airport, I might be, you know, just wearing some sneakers or something like that, you know. Please tell me Jimmy wears that yellow suit that I'm seeing pictures of. Your guitarist in your band. <laughs> uh, it's yellow with uh, red, I don't even know what you call them, de- de- danglers? Fringe. <laughs> danglers, danglers, yeah. yeah. That's a red okay. danglers. And then it's got weed leaves on it. It's amazing. Yeah. Pot, we call that the pot man suit. It's kind of like if Randy Macho... Man Savage was a, a marijuana advocate. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, if Cheech and Chong and Macho Man had a baby together, it'd be that suit. Totally. It's. Uh, I wish he wore that more more off stage, but uh, he kind of saves it. You know, he spilled. Uh, when we were playing in St. John's, Newfoundland, one time, and Jimmy drinks wine when we play on stage, and he had this big glass of wine. We're about to go on stage. And he bumped into my brother Seamus and knocked a wine glass all over him right as our intro music. Uh, so, still better than bong water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, bong water. You'd have to get a whole new suit probably at that point. But you and you're you're playing Gateway Casinos London Blues Fest Thursday night. You're kicking off the festival headlining. Going to be a great festival. Fog Hat, Blue Oyster Cult, some big names on the bill, and and uh, you guys are right in there. You uh, must have met like a lot of these bands who are influences to the Sheepdogs over your career. What was the moment, like the big one, where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe we're meeting these guys or this guy? Definitely a few. Um, I know we met Foghat last year and, and, and they watched our set and were really into it, which, you know, obviously as a guy who's, you know, pumped slow ride more than a few times in his car, I was pretty excited about. But uh, I, we, we toured with John Fogarty down in Australia back a, a few years ago. And like, for me, Creedence Clearwater Revival are maybe the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Oh, so yeah. It's like, uh, you know, meeting that man, like he came in and shook my hand and, and chatted with me. And it's like, I just like, he's almost like a mythological figure to me. Yeah, it's like meeting important. Superman, right? Or Batman. Is like, Yeah. I'm... It's like meeting like Shakespeare or like, you know, Mark Twain or just, it, it, he's such a brilliant man with great words and songs. And I've just listened to him so much and. You just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you tell yourself to play it cool and don't say you're, I'm a big fan, and just as soon as he comes in, you just do exactly all those things. <laughs> yeah, I love your music, I've been listening to it my whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't help it, man, it's, it's, it's forward. The Tash Show Podcast. This is, uh, this is from a medical journal, and as a dad, this story really concerns me. My, my son, Jim, you know, is he's almost two years old, so he's very mobile now. I saw a picture of him crawling out of the crib not a week ago. <laughs> yeah, he's running around, always uh, trying to jump up into my arms. If I'm lying on the couch, he'll come just flying in. Mm-hmm. No regard for me at all. And it's... Something that people don't warn you about. Your kid is going to injure you hmm. at some point. He has given me headbutts. He split my lip open a couple weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> With his head? Is that what you... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's moving around and he's just like... If he'll go all stiff, start crying, he'll whip his head back and hit me right in the face. Yeah. And this is the fear that all parents have, all fathers especially, that this is going to happen to them one day. 36-year-old guy in India... Went to a hospital with a penile fracture. Uh oh. 
It happened when his kid ran into his bedroom to wake him up and jumped up on him. Got him right right in between the legs. Oh, <laughs> a fracture, though. A penile fracture. He went to see the doctor about it. They diagnosed him with an eggplant deformity. Oh, God. That is the actual medical term. Oh. So I guess the emoji's not lying to us, eh? <laughs> <laughs> this, guy, this guy can very accurately use that eggplant yeah. emoji now. And I, I'm sure it's purple now, too. <laughs> now, he did say he took a Viagra the night before. I was wondering, because I was going to say... It, it, to be fractured, it has to be Yeah, he had a little morning, morning wood yeah, situation yeah. going on, so that added to it. I figured maybe he just had to pee or something. But still, he's, he's sound asleep. The kid comes running in. and Oh, man. That couldn't have felt good. At what age do you tell the kid that story? 16? Well, at what age do you show him the picture? Because in this <laughs> article in this medical journal, there's a picture of his injury. Shut up. Do you want to see it? Can I just look at the emoji of an eggplant? It's okay. basically the same thing. You want oh. to see it? Oh, oh, ow! Hold on. <laughs> I saw a quarter of it. That's just the thumbnail. There you go. That's not human. That's not, I don't know what that is. It's not the length, it's the width. Well, this guy just found a way to add some width. <laughs> Thanks, Taz. Appreciate. I don't know what I was looking at when you spun that computer around. It was like, is that a gonad or an elbow? I think there was a stub toe in there. I don't know what Up I was seeing. Up was down. <laughs> left was right. Didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was a mess. The doctors were able to help him out. Surgery fixed his fractured junk in. He's going to be okay. We're asking FM 96 listeners, you guys, to share your stories about times that your kids have injured you. Trevor, you're up first. Go for it. My, uh, when my kid uh, could start throwing stuff, he uh, grabbed a piece of wood from in the, in the kitchen there from a chair and smoked my wife right in the mouth and busted her lip open with it when she was about a year and a half. Like a spindle from the back of a chair was loose, and she grabbed that and threw it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, it was like one of those, but it was uh, on the bottom of the chair to hold the legs together. Yeah. It was a high chair, and it came loose. Well, she ended up taking it out and threw it at, her, at, her, uh, at my wife and smoked her right in the mouth with it. Blood everywhere? Uh, yeah, it worked, but I seen the picture of it. It looked like, yeah, it bled pretty good there for a bit. Pat, what's your story about your kid injuring you? We're at, we're at Wonderland, and it was about 90 degrees, and... Uh, our little, our, our youngest son at the time was about five, and he decided to take off running through the crowd. And as, as he ran, the crowd kind of split, and I, I started after chasing him. And this is back in the days when Adidas shorts were in, right? So there's lots of legs exposed. And <laughs> I uh, I come uh, finally caught up to him, and he stopped dead, and I jumped over him and skidded down the asphalt on my knees and hands. And, Oh, so you you, you basically tripped trying yeah, to catch yeah. your kid yeah, no, in your short shorts, yeah, in your short Adidas shorts. dad shorts. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, with high so socks on, no shorts. doubt. Yeah, but the worst part was I'm sitting on the curb uh, with my wife and we're trying, to, we're trying to clean it up a little bit. I look over, there's four young girls, oh, probably about 16, 17, and they're just laughing their heads off and, I think, ah, this is not good. And I looked down, and the, the uh, Franken beans were hanging out of the shorts. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's not your day. You know, it's funny. You just reminded me of my my uh, soccer coach. Yep. <laughs> my soccer coach would call us into the huddle, and he'd, he'd crouch down and be like, "Okay, guys, you got to go out there." And the whole team would be killing themselves laughing. He didn't know why. Say yep. that's the problem with those Adidas short shorts, man. You gotta you gotta wear some underwear. Yeah, they were good about four or five times till you wash them and the elastic come out of the. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pat. All right, David, tell us about the time your kid injured you. So, um, long day at work. I get home. I'm, my back is sore, so I decide, you know, I'm going to lay on the hard ground because that just helps stretch out your back muscles. And uh, so I'm staring up in the ceiling, minding my own business, and the little ninja three-year-old that I have, he decides that he's going to walk and play on daddy. So he just raises his foot, brings it right down, right on the family jewels with a resounding crunch. Uh, not good. Was it a uh, hospitalization situation, or did you just have to kind of... Bag of peas it, it off. <laughs> walk it <laughs> off, yeah, bag of peas. It was pretty much rolled over and whine for a bit, get up with the, the, the turn-twisting stomach feeling, yeah. and then walk it off, but it was not feeling good no i love i love trying to restrain yourself because you just want to yell at the kid or, or you know do something to get back at him but you gotta be like, it's okay son not your fault i'm good i'm good i get it you don't want a brother <laughs> hey i just want to sincerely thank you for listening to the taz show podcast if you want more subscribe you can find us on apple podcast google podcast and wherever you get your podcasts all the podcast places.